Well, um, we've been talking about really this foundation of faith. We've been really on stuck on Second Peter uh, one and uh, pretty much two through eight. You know the passages there. And Doug, uh, w- when we were gone, Doug uh, talked about godliness, I believe. You know, and just uh, you know this whole place of applying. You know, in our faith, diligently supplying. And we've talked about all sorts of things. We've talked about self-control. We've talked about, um, uh, Burr, Burr, we talked about perseverance and self-control. And um, somebody else did one. God, godliness and then excellence. That's right. Rick talked about excellence. So I have all, the awesome privilege of uh, introducing my lovely wife, who's going to come and speak to us on love and brotherly love. And it's an awesome opportunity because... A lot of times, it's so funny, the ladies come back from the encounter and say, man, your your wife did such a great job of teaching. I'm like, well, I can't go to those. (laughs) Those aren't legal for me to go to, so I get the blessing of hearing her this morning. But So we're really just going to continue on in this uh, place of applying faith, and then she's going to talk about the next two things that we're going to apply to our faith. So I'm going to invite her to come and share with us this morning. The other mic doesn't work well with hair. Appar- apparently, it's a a man only mic, but so it was kind of giving the whole sway out. And unfortunately, I use my hands and need my hands, but we do have a PowerPoint, don't we? Aha. Okay. I have incredibly long legs, and this is not tall enough for me. I had to have some sort of illustration. Paula was trying to get me to make a poster, which the women's encounter, like I have to have all kinds of pictures to help me out. But sorry, Paula, I didn't get to the poster. It probably would have reminded you of elementary education too if I had made it. But but yeah, we're starting out with, um, actually before, before we start, I just really feel like the Lord just wanted me to pray um, this prayer. And um, so yeah, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to read it off here. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. And God, I do, I just pray, Lord, you have sent forth your spirit in us, crying out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. You have sent forth your spirit that will never leave or forsake us. Lord, you have... Um, placed your love as a banner over us. God, and I do, I just pray, Lord, just that every heart here, Lord, as, as we go from glory to glory, God, that we would comprehend, Lord, just the depth of your love. And I, I just pray, God, I just pray that, Lord, just that your love, 
your love would be poured out into this place. In Jesus' name. So, so yeah, love, love fills all. I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite um, scriptures, that you be filled up to all the fullness of God. And you can flip to the next slide. So this is the second Peter passage that we've been talking to. And, um, and it'll be up there in, a, in just a second. And I am like, if, if you look at this sheet of paper and panic, don't panic too long. Because when it comes to the scriptures, like I am a speed reader. So just hold, just hold on to your horses in that bit. Yeah, so Second Peter 1, 2 through 8. See, Timothy, I'm just going to be making sure that you pay attention because you'll have to keep up with me. Um, and it's really early for that, isn't it? Timothy's up there and it's his birthday. And he's doing PowerPoint even though it's his birthday. Um, so grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted, a, granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Amen. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the world through lust. Um, now, and this is where we start out. I had to, I had to add the other because the other's really good to, you don't want to leave that out. But now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, and this is where the little illustration comes in. So that's what we've been talking about is with diligence, we, um, in our faith, and so everything, is, it's kind of like a big cup, and everything's going into our faith. Um, in your faith, supply moral excellence, and then, at, and then moral excellence, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, and it's like, it's just kind of filling up the cup. And in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, or brotherly love, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about y'all, but I kind of get down that list and I get to godliness and I, I have to admit, I somewhat panic. You know, the performer in me uh, panics at that point. I'm like, okay, do I have it all? And so it's interesting. I, I don't know if I was in the shower one day and I was talking to the Lord about this word. And I'm like, I just need to talk to Mitch because that would be good for him to share. <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe I want you to share it. And I'm like, oh. and I don't know. In that moment, I was, I was brave enough to actually go to Mitch and say, hey, I really feel like, like God's asking me to share. <laughs> I kind of regretted that a little bit later. But um, <laughs> And when I looked at the list of these, I'm like, oh, it's definitely love, definitely love. And, um, and I think that's the awesome thing is, is you have brotherly kindness. And I think I have just the, the little definition on the next slide. Um, but brotherly kindness comes from the word um, Philadelphia. <laughs> we know that. And it really is like the love of brothers or sisters, brotherly love. Um, and in the New Testament, the love which Christians cherish for each other as brethren. So it's really this love that's between people. 
And then agape, you see it used a whole a lot of different places. Um, affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, brotherly love. But you, know, you never see Philadelphia used for, like, the love of God towards man, um, man towards God and the love of Christ. And so that's where you're going to see. I'm almost positive that, you know, I didn't search it out that greatly, but that's what I hear. And that's agape, agape love. Um, but I really feel like that, to me, um, you know, I grew up in the church. I was on the cradle roll of a brand new church plant. It's a Southern Baptist church. And um, so I grew up in a, in a Christian home hearing about the Lord, the Word, I mean, really all my life. And, um, and so I think out of, out of everything, for me, like the love of God has been the biggest place of growth, but also of really of life um, for me. And um, so it's just interesting that each of these things, so brother, so love really is the last that's put into our faith, but what happens is that it permeates. The way that scripture reads is it permeates everything. And so I think that's like the big thing is just realizing that, that he did that because it really is about his love. Like everything comes down to like our salvation for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So salvation comes down to his love. And, and so I think that that is, is really what I feel like the Lord is just really, want to press, really wanting to press here. Um, So, and I, I was telling Mitch last night, I've never battled so much in speaking a word that I have um, the, just the last couple days. So, so, yeah. So, God, I just, I know he's put things in me. Okay. I can just feel like, oh. Okay. So, relationship, and that's what I really feel like he's really wanting to press through like when it comes down to it, it is about relationship. It's about relationship to the Father. And out of that relationship, it's relationship here. And you really see, I think one of the most amazing things, especially working with kids, because I've taught a lot with kids. I like illustrations. Some of my greatest moments have been, of revelation really have been in conversation with children. Because it's the simplicity like the simplicity. So even just explaining to them about God, it's just amazing. Like his story towards us is amazing. And we see from the very beginning in Genesis, he is a God about relationship. He created us to walk with him in the garden. Like he created us for love. And even where sin comes in and separates, he comes and he makes a way. So even in the Old Testament, you have the temple where he, his presence comes. But you know that, that's not what we're created for. It's just, it's for just the priest to go into the temple. No, then Jesus came so that he could live with us and in us and that the veil could be torn because that's what we're created for. Like we're created for relationship with him. 
And, um, and I think it's really important, too, that we realize that it's love, it's God love that, that's, that permeates. And we'll see that, that brotherly love only comes from God. And I really feel like the Lord was just really wanting to, to really show us. I think, for me, I struggled with love because my source of love, like I'm a conduit of love, but I'm not the source of love. Like, I'm only a conduit of love. And if people look to me as their source, like, I'm telling you, as hard as I can try, like, I know at some point I will let them down. But God's love is a love that does fill all. And so I think that he really, and we're going to go through some scriptures, but that's, that's a big thing. So, like, where, where is my source? Like, where have I, I learned to, to hook up and receive love from? And then the other question is, like, what do I believe love is? Like, what is my definition of love? And I think in this world, our, the world's definition of what love is really messes us up. Like, it really does mess us up. And um, so I'm just going to go through some scriptures and I think one of my moments of panic is when, is when I got on, I love blueletterbible.org or something like that. And so I look up like all these love passages. It is a lot. <laughs> There's so many scriptures. And I'm one of those people that I like to study something so I can get a handle on it in like a little package and though I know I can like give it. And so I think that's, I really did panic. Um, and so actually these scriptures are just a few of what, you know, what is out there. And I think too, in this, like I almost get overwhelmed because I realize just the depth of the love that, like I just have a little bit of that, like a little bit. Um, it's just amazing. So what about love? And plus, plus you start talking about love and you hear all like these lines from songs. Like, so what about love? So a lot, I have a couple of those. But um, So what about love? And the first one, without love, we are nothing. And what we do is without profit. So you really see these extreme statements. I mean, this is talking about prophecy. It's talking about selling everything you have. And it's talking about your body being burned. And it's really saying that without love. It really is nothing. Like, it really is about love. I kind of like that simple. Like, when all else, well, well, before all else fails, love. Like, if I, I mean, simple. It's simple. Like, love is where it's at. We, we are called to pursue love. Um, and I don't know if y'all are okay. I, I won't read all these. But that's pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. I really am fast. I'm sorry, Timothy. All we do is to be done in love. I mean, that's pretty simple. So just all that we do is called to be out of love. The whole law, and I just, I just think about the word, like the whole law is fulfilled through love. Um, so for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, 
And this one, I love this. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Those were kind of, those, I was like, wow, I don't think I totally read that before. Okay, the next one. I numbered my pages, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, then it kind of goes on. Let's see. We are called to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So once again, this place of, like, love. Like, really, even my relationship with God, it truly is about just loving him with all I have. With all I have. God is love. It's the next one. And love flows from God. In 1 John 4, 6, 4, oh, the first one is 1 John 4, 16. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who is born of God knows God. So this place of, I mean, really, I mean, it's God is love. God equals love. He is. Like, his character is love. Like, anything that you're believing about God that is not love is not God. He is love. Everything he does is out of love. It is through love. It's founded in love. And that love, love comes from God. He is the source of love. We love out of being loved and receiving love from God. And I think, like, some of the the hardest things are where we're trying to give love, but we haven't received it. And I feel like that's where, once again, it tops it up, because really, we give out of what we're receiving from him. Like, we give out of this abundance of being loved. And then if we live or abide in love, then we abide in God and God is in us. And that's 1 John 4.16. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And I like, of course, I have to kind of change that word, but, but live or make our home. Like we make our home. If I make, we make our home in love, then we make our home in God. And God makes his home in us. That's just kind of a really cool picture. And the next one. So applying brotherly love and love really comes down to receiving and living in the love of God. So this, so number one is like we're receiving and we're making our home in the love of God. Two, God's love in turn empowers us to love. So once again, it's just that same picture. And I kind of put these questions out before. So a question would be, where have I been receiving love from? What is my source of love? And two, what does God's love look like? And it's funny, when I was, I was preparing, all I could think about was this book. And this was one of my favorite books growing up. And it's actually the original. It's actually older than I am. And I think it is a collector's item. You've got to love. I know when American Girls girls doll they have like the historical dolls and I about fell over when 
one of the historical dolls was like my generation. I'm like, really? <gasps> so, so yeah. So, are you my mother? And this was like one of my favorite books. And um, it's not Dr. Seuss, but I guess it was in one of those little book club things that used to be. This was a library that used to be right down from our house that closed when I was little. See, and it even has, look how I wrote my name on it. Can you see that? Isn't that hilarious? Somehow, I still have this book. So the Lord, like, put it on my heart, like, this whole thing of, are you, are you my mother? And, um, and I was, are you saying something? Oh, here. Mitch has really helped me out. He saw me panic last night. Um, and so the song that I thought of when I was was looking for love in all the wrong places. No, I don't even know that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this place of and and this book really, I feel like, was a story of my life. Probably not the most encouraging book probably growing up, but I, I don't know. I was telling someone the other day that the only song I played on the piano besides Chopsticks was I Wish You've All Been Ready. Do y'all remember? See, y'all probably... Everyone that's older is, like, not in their head. It's like this song from some Thief in the Night, I think, movie. Was it Thief in the Night? Like, life was filled with guns and wars, and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish you'd all been ready. Like, I was singing that as a child. I'm thinking, what in the world? How depressing. But anyway, <laughs> this one's a little bit better. This is a cute book. but And I'm, Kristen looked at me. She's like, are you going to read that? I'm like, no. Like, really, Mom? But, yeah, are you my mother? But... I'll kind of try to work this in a little bit, hopefully. But I feel like, I know for me, and the story is about, I'll show you some pictures. It really is a cute book. It's about the mom bird. And look, she's got this cute little handkerchief. Sitting on an egg. There's the golden egg. And she goes off because she knows the the chicken or whatever the bird is going to hatch. So she goes off. And while she's gone getting food, of course, the little bird, the little bird comes out. See, let's see all the kids are like Stratton's looking. Hey, Mercy. They're really bringing me joy. I know. Look at that smile. But, um, but yeah, so the little bird that hatches and the mom's not there. So really the story's about this little bird looking like he knows he has a mom, but he has no idea what the mom looks like. So he's in search, and it's really not realistic at all because he falls out of this nest. Look at this. It's kind of bad. Look, I mean, it's this huge drop, but he lives, and he's, it's really cute. That's probably why I liked it because it was really cute. So he lives, and then he goes on this search for his mom. And you know what? He even passes by the mom but doesn't notice her because he doesn't know what she looks like. So I think that's kind of significant. But I think for me in this, in this place, like this search um, for love, I grew up, once, once again, I grew up in a Christian home 
parents that love the Lord. Um, but I always laugh. My dad has, he had, he has three daughters, and he was very particular about not showing affection so that no one would consider it, he had two brothers, inappropriate. And so I grew up as a, you know, they call me a very sensitive child. I was the child that cried probably at everything. And sometimes, like, I'm, I don't have makeup right now because I cried it all off during worship. But really this place where in me, like, I really felt like in me was just, I could feel, like, that need of love. Like, just, you know, that place of, gosh, does any, am I lovable? Like, does anyone love me? Like, I'm looking to them, and especially the love of the Father. So I'm looking to an earthly father who really does not know how to do that. I mean, Mitch jokes about our first years of our marriage with communication. Like, he came from a family of three boys. I came from a family of three girls. And I am, like, depth communicator. Like, there is just so much going on in my head. But, and so he was always like, how do I even do that? But my father, I know, is the same way. And my mom's pretty, like, an outgoing personality. But, and so I was looking for this communication, and there wasn't any. So it's interesting, in this book, this little bird is going around. And the first one he hits is, is a kitten, which, once again, looking for love in all the wrong places could actually be somewhat dangerous. But I guess since it was a kitten, it was okay. Um, I think the yellow eyes are a little freaky, but I think back then you only had a couple collars in your books. But so yeah, so but the kitten just looked at him and didn't say a thing. And I felt like a lot of my life, like I'm, I'm wanting this communication. I'm not knowing how to communicate, but I am. You see that mercy? <laughs> but um, but I'm not receiving. Like I'm not receiving that. And um. And so growing up, I, I kind of made my own conclusions. Now, I grew up in the church. I'm, I'm hearing Jesus loves me, the sign, I mean, all the time. All the time, I'm hearing it. But what I'm believing, because of what's around me, is determining how I'm loved. Or, how, or what I'm believing, even about God's love. Like, okay, if no one else likes me, then how can God really, I mean, really like me? Yeah, I know he loves me. And it's like this blanket thing that really doesn't penetrate the heart. And, and so, yeah, so then he kind of goes on and other ones talk to him and just pretty much tell them, he says, are you my mother? That's what he says over and over again. And they say, no, said the hen. So it keeps on going. See, this is when I need both my hands. But yeah. So he keeps on going, looking for all these places. And it gets dangerous. And he gets some. Um, I love this. I did have a mother, said the baby bird. I know I did. I have to find her. I will, I will. So, your mercy. And the other little kids. See, Stratton's looking, I think, too. I know y'all are loving this. Some of y'all are probably like, oh, I'm going to really. Not everyone will read a book to you, so. So 
So that's kind of a relief that that won't happen every Sunday. But then he, he goes by a boat. He almost falls off a, off a cliff, and here's the airplane. It flies, but it is not his mother. And the plane didn't even stop. So, and so then he finally thinks that he finds his mother, and it's some type of little construction thing. I just don't want to leave you hanging, so I'll kind of help you out a little bit here. And so he talks to the big thing, that's what he calls it. This, now this is the part that cracks me up. I didn't get this growing up. I don't know why, but, but the big thing just said snort. He said, oh, you are not my mother, said the baby bird. You are a snort. I have to get out of here. For some reason, I never caught on that he called it snort because it said snort. I don't know. I don't know why, but... But yeah, so it's getting dangerous, and then the snort, I won't show you all these pictures because I can't, the snort picks him up, and it's really scary for a couple pages, for a child, and then he says, I love this, is, I, think, I think I used to draw this one, I try to draw this, this is the best one. Where am I, said the baby bird. I want to go home. I want my mother. So the snort put the baby bird back in the tree. And then here comes the mother. Sorry. (laughs) Do you know who I am, she said to her baby. Yes, I know who you are, said the baby bird. You are not a kitten, you're not a hen, you're not a dog, you're not a cow. You're not a boat or a plane or a snort. You are a bird and you are my mother. And then it's like the really cool picture where you see him, the little tiny birds in the tree. Because you see her little red handkerchief right there. Those are the type of details that a woman notices. But So anyway... Like in this, in this journey, like in this journey, like it, I finally realize, oh, no, like this is my father. Like this is my father's love through this place where I'm looking and I'm really dying. Like I had so much self-hatred um, for five years. And I'm in the church. We're leading in the church. But I just, like... I really believe that no one would ever love me, that my father really doesn't. And I love, I have a great relationship with my dad. But the lack of communication spoke to me that he didn't want to talk to me. Like he really didn't want to get to know me. You know, he didn't want to be around me. So all of that, I conclude, well, there's something wrong with me. So in this process, I'm trying to make it better. And I think that's, like, that's what happens. It's like this counterfeit love. When we look to other things to being our source. And, um, and so what happens is love comes often. Our search for love comes with a high price. We have to pay something out to be loved. Um, we have given and received love that's laced with expectations and standards. Love has been granted only when needs and requests are satisfied. Love has become something to be earned. 
if we can meet society's expectations with our education, careers, finances, appearance, achievements, car, houses, spouses, children, then surely we can experience love. We try, but at some point we disappoint others by something we do or don't do. We lose someone's love or never again gain love, and our heart is broken. It can speak to us that we will never be good enough, good enough to be loved. Counterfeit love can be dependent on situations and circumstances and what we have or not, what we have or we don't have. We only feel loved when things are good. If our source of love is not God, then we can be devastated. If someone's unable to love, we can take on rejection and receive other lies. We can become dependent and addicted to sources of love other than God. But when that source fails, we fall apart. We see ourselves how others sees us, how others see us, what they say about us, either good or bad. And I feel like these are, we are looking for that. We get this counterfeit. And unfortunately, I feel like I, when I was, I kind of fell apart when I first started studying this because I'm like, oh, especially as a parent, I, I spent probably more time in repentance. There was probably a little condemnation there, too. I had to, like, get off. But, you know, more time in repentance because, because of that. You know, for our kids, you know, we have, we have three children in heaven. We have four here. And I think one of the most amazing things the Lord spoke to me when I was doing children's ministry back, back there was just this place of realizing that, like, our children are his. Like, they're born, and we have them in our arms, but he's the one that knit them together. Like, he's the one that has chosen him, them. He knows all the details about their lives. Like, they're for him. And only he truly can fill their need for love. And so I think, I think one of the biggest things that I've realized with my children is that, no, I mean, I love him and I try to be that model of his love. But you know what? Like, I can't touch it. Like, I can't touch the love of the Father. I look at my kids, my kids, like, um, they mesmerize me because they're so different, all four of them. Some of their personalities are nothing like Mitch and my personality. I mean, we've learned a lot. But, like, the detail that's in them, like, only, like, can even get a little bit of that. But my job is really to point them to the one who loves them more than every, any person could ever love them the one that is the lover of their soul, like the one that delights in them. And I think that, like, like that as a conduit, even as brotherly love, like we're always, we're loving, but we're pointing to the one that will not let you down. He doesn't. He will never leave you or forsake you. Um, so, and there are two, I think there are two scriptures right here. And it's interesting, these are the two, now there are probably more, I'm not saying they're not anymore, but two of the do not love, like the do not love scriptures. Hey, Timothy, it's the next slide, sorry. All of a sudden, I'm jumping back in. So 1 John 2, how much time do I have? 
That is dangerous. I do not have a clock. I've repented for judging my husband for going over. So hopefully that will help us out. Um, we joke about that. First John 2, 15, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And this is not a place of condemnation. It is a place of just like I would not tell my child to go play in the road because I love them. There's death in that road. There can be death. If you're not really being careful, a car could hit you. So this is a place of if I fill myself with the counterfeit love, I'm going to be hurt. At some point, I will be let down. Um, so it's really, it's really a call not to fill that place of love with the world or the things of the world. And then the other one for me is huge. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. And I think that's probably the area that became my, like, show me who I am. I'm looking to everyone else. And for the most part, just getting silence. Like, for the most part, getting silence. And, and so this place that, that just creates hurt because it's his thoughts and opinions of us. It's his love that will empower us. So the call. Um, it is God that we attach to. He is our source. He is the one we love with all our hearts, souls, and minds. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just really felt like he was saying, do you know his love? Have you seen him? Have you pressed past the veil of humanity and the thoughts and opinions of man? Um, and I kept on hearing, which is kind of funny, I just kept on hearing. Anytime I think of this word, you know, have we experienced true love? I think of Princess Bride, true love. I don't know if y'all have married. It is the funniest marriage. True love. So uh, that's, I, could, I would have done the clip, but I don't know how to do that. So true love, what does it look like? Now, I really am going to like, you're going to be, not that I'm concerned about your thoughts and opinions, but I think you'll be impressed with my speed reading. Um, so 1 Corinthians 13, and what, what, now some of this grammatically, sorry Paula, sorry about this, um, any other English grammar, you know, teachers are probably going to be like, okay, that's not making much sense, but of course 1 Corinthians 13 is about love, but I mean love, God is love, and so what he's described as love in the word is his characteristics. It's who he is. So I kind of, I've got the scriptures. Now all the, the ones at the beginning that don't have a scripture beside them are 1 Corinthians 13. And the other ones, I've listed some, some scriptures. Oh, it's on the back side of your little duplachy. Um, so God's love is patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. God's love is kind. I don't know about you, but... I literally can go through a drive-thru and like the person at the drive-thru can just smile at me and be kind and it just so blesses me. Like when you have one of those days, I mean literally just a smile, just a smile or a kind word. You know, don't measure love. Don't measure. Sometimes just your presence, your presence can make a difference. Um, God's love is not jealous or envious. God's love does not brag or boast oneself. 
God's love is not arrogant or proud. God's love does not act unbecomingly or inappropriately. That's why I looked at that word. I'm like, okay, unbecomingly, what does that mean? I think that must have been like a year's past word, but a many years past, not within my 40-some years, but inappropriately. God's love does not act inappropriately. God's love does not seek its own interest. God's love is not provoked. God's love forgives and does not keep an account. God's love rejoices with the truth. God's love rejoices with righteousness. God's love bears all things. God's love believes all things. God's love hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. And I just, I just pray that you would just have that time to like be able to, to process through these. I mean, I think like the biggest thing, God's love forgives and does not keep an account. Like one of my best illustrations of that, because I grew up in the church, like I know about forgiveness, all that. I put Kristen in time out in her room because she hit Caleb a couple years ago. So I go up and I'm trying to explain to her why she needs to ask forgiveness, like asking the Lord forgiveness. So I'm like, how do I do that to a five-year-old or four-year-old? So I had a wipe off board that you do school on, you know, you draw on. And so I wrote, Kristen hit Caleb, and I was just explaining to her about how she did something wrong. But when we ask God's forgiveness, he paid for that, and he wipes that clean. And uh, she looks at me with a big smile, and I could feel, like, the Holy Spirit in this statement she made, this this four-year-old. She goes, so mom, so what happens to the wipe-off board? And if you look at wipe-off boards, I've noticed this. When you erase, there's still the image on there. And I think one of the biggest things, like Jesus died, so then when he is forgiven, it is gone as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers it no more. So many of us are carrying a load behind us, and we're remembering that which he does not remember. We are identifying ourselves according to the sin that he paid a price to wash away and to cleanse. And so I just think that's, I mean, it's just huge. It's huge that he would do that. Okay, huge. But, okay, anyway. So rejoices with the, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Like he's looking at us and he's calling forth. He sees us in faith. He sees us not as we are, but where we're called to. Um, You see that in Psalm 139, when he looks at all of our days and his thoughts are precious. Um, God's love is for all mankind. Like he evens the playing field. It's not just for some. Like his love, he died so that all could receive his love. All could choose his love. Every one of us, every one of us can be and walk back in that renewed relationship and be called a child of God. Um, God's love declares we are children of God. God's love covers sin and remembers it no more. God's love surpasses knowledge. God's love is a gift. It is not earned. God's love builds up. It edifies. It encourages God's love is willing to die for others. God's love is a banner over me. God's love casts out fear. 
God's love is unchanging. God's love does not forget us. He's inscribed us on the palm of his hands. God's love serves. God's love. Oh, yeah. Hey, Timothy. Yeah, keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. One more. There we go. God's love extends even to his enemies. Nothing can separate us from God's love, not even death. God's love is full of compassion. Oh, I love it. Like if you look up compassion and you look at Jesus' life, Jesus, who came to reveal the Father to us, it's always talking about he was moved with compassion. I mean, you just see it all throughout the New Testament and old. But God's love calls into the depths of the heart. It reaches the depths. It is true intimacy. We are called to a living, a breathing, an intimate love with the Most High God. Like that is what we're called to. It's a love that is full of depth and life. Um, sorry. God's love knows the hairs on your head. Like that's like one of my favorite. I do not know the hairs on my kid's head, can I just tell you? And knowing how quickly mine falls out, like that is an amazing feat right there. Um, God's love is... is is his precious thoughts towards you that outnumber the grains of sand. Awesome picture. Awesome picture. God's love is the Father saying, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Now I took a little liberty with the next ones here because these are some of my favorites. God's love is Jesus, the bridegroom, saying, you are altogether beautiful and there is no blemish in you. The next one. God's love is this picture. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. And for the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to party, something like that, to celebrate. Um, God's love is Jesus in the temple coming against religious accusations full of condemnation and shame being hurled at a woman where he says, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. God's love is the hands of God, and this one, yeah, it is on there, that chose you and knit you together in your mother's womb, who declares he is with you always and encompasses you behind and before. Um, And I just really felt like that the most amazing thing to me about God's love is how, and it was on here somewhere, Somehow I missed it when I was like speed reading. Nothing can separate us from God's love, not even death. And I really feel like some of my amazing moments have been in that place where in the midst of death and suffering, he comes and his love overtakes that place. Not even those places can separate me from the love of God. Um, One of my testimonies in that is, with our 
son before, we miscarried a son before Kristen, who's eight. She's our youngest. And um, when I was in the doctor's office and I happened to be alone that day, there wasn't anyone around. And I, Tammy was getting some of my calls. I think she was the only one that knew at the time. But in the ultrasound room where I had this ultrasound, where being a mom and having other children, like you know when the ultrasound's not good. Like you know when there's movement that should be there and there's not. And I remember being there and just like the doctor left because I think the doctor was undone herself, you know. And, And I'm just sitting there and I'm just talking to the Lord. And it's just interesting, like he just comforted me. He just told me, he's like, Leah, like this baby's with me. He did not cause that, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I tell you, he comes and he redeems and restores. And we have four miracles that are walking. And we have three that are miracles in heaven, you know, that are in the fullness of their calling. But in that moment, he told me that, but then he said, I could, and it was just kind of like those weird moments, but his presence was so strong in that room. And he said, but Leah, I don't know. Do you know? if this doctor knows me. And this is the first time I'd ever met her. I actually really didn't want this doctor because I knew some things. And, and it's just interesting, that moment, like the love of God is in this room, and I started to intercede for this doctor. Like his heart for her, for his child was, and so I think those are the like, like in those moments are the moments that I know nothing can separate me from the love of God. No situation or circumstance, because he is with me, and he will never leave me or forsake me. So, I think I'm just going to, I'm like over, I want to, two or three minutes? I mean, there was a, did you put that on there, on the, the response? Um, I think there's one more, Timothy. And just, I was just thinking about our response. Of course, salvation is huge, you know. If you don't know him, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But really, it's a call of love. It's a call of your father into the kingdom Um, because he loves you. Forgiveness this place of really forgiving those who have really wounded us in this area, forgiving those that have misrepresented um, the love of God, um, and then repentance, just repenting for attaching, you know, to the things of the world, the thoughts and opinions of man, looking to humans to be the source of our love, um, and for really believing lies about God's love. Seven years of our marriage, poor Mitch, she's like, I love you. I'm like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Because I still believe the lie that no one would ever love me. And I really, but I'm telling you, once I got rid of that and embraced that I am loved and created by God for love, and I am lovely, and I'm beautiful, it's, it's just interesting that was broken off of our marriage, which Mitch was very excited about that. Um, and then forgive yourself, because it's frustrating it's frustrating when you're really trying to, and they, it's like you can't receive it. I mean, I, I dealt with a spirit of rejection, and rejection is like glasses. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for the one that's underneath that 
because it does. It seems like everything, every interaction is rejection and reinforces that in your life. But God, he came to set us free of that because we're not rejected. We are accepted of him. We are loved by him. Um, This place of just forgiving yourself, forgiving yourselves in all these areas, whether I've sinned against someone else or just where I believe things, releasing myself, agreeing with God, um, and then rebuking lies, rebuking the lies that you've believed about yourself regarding love, just some of the ones that I've listed. Um, But yeah, so that's... That is that is a good amen. Um, um, I you know I just think that you know the the one response I mean, is what she put up there. I mean those are incredible responses. So I mean I think the reality is that you know it's it's amazing that Luke ten passage. She didn't necessarily read through that, but you know when Jesus asked a lawyer, you know what does the whole law come down to? I mean, I, that just amazed me. I think I just got revelation of that just in the, within the last uh, month or so. Is that, I mean, he asked a lawyer, and, you know, a lawyer is, I mean, if anybody's going to look through something and, you know, make sure it's legit and this, that, and the it's a lawyer. And so he had the Old Testament of the law. He's like, well, so what do, what, do, what do you see it as? Like, what does it come, like, if you had to embrace everything in this book, I don't have a book, but <laughs> in the word, if it came down to something, what would it be? And this lawyer came up with the, those two statements. It's like, oh, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I just felt like some of us just need, as she was saying, you know, some of us need to receive the love of God today so that you can love your neighbor as yourself. You know, because I think a lot, both of us grew up in a performance, we were performance-based people. Anybody performance-based people in here? A few, maybe? <laughs> a couple? Don't leave us up here hanging, right? I mean, and so all we did was, you know, I, I was good at, you know, encouraging people or standing at the door and loving on people or hugging them, but, man, I surely was not good about receiving love. And that was the same thing. My, and y'all have heard my, a lot of my testimony, but one of those salvation moments from myself was and the same thing for Leah. No, wait a minute, God. You, you don't just love me. You really like me. Like, you like who the depths of Mitch is. Like, you, know, you love me. You, you love the innermost Mitch, <laughs> not just. Uh, and so th- there's a place that God just wants to bring that uh, into your life that you can really receive. Because she really... I mean, I don't know. I mean, the reality is, I mean, I could show her all day long that I loved her the first seven years of my marriage, our marriage, my marriage, both of our marriage. You know, the first seven years of our marriage, you know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad or anything like that. But there was places that we missed just because there was a place that both of us could not receive the love of the Father. And once we received that, I got rid of some lies, she got rid of some lies. And I'm telling you what, I mean, totally different. Totally different marriage than the first seven. And so I just encourage you that there, there's a place of preparation that God wants to take you today. And and um, and, and just the, that other place of that, the prayer she started out with, you know, that God really wants you to experience the length, the width, 
the depth and the height of who he is and his love. I just feel like it's available today. And maybe there's, there's that place. So can we just stand? I'm just going to close with this. If you just need to just receive that love today, maybe, like I said, you, I mean, you could be in a place where, you know, it's glory to glory. Maybe you've received some revelation of it, but you just want to receive uh, just the, that next level of glory, God, in this. So, Lord, I just pray. God, I just want to pray right now for everyone in this place, God. Can you just do that? Can you, Lord, I receive. And just, just you take this opportunity to say these things with me. You know, I have to say them out loud, but in your heart. Lord, I receive your love, God. I receive the, that Im, implanted word uh, of what Leah just declared, that word that, God, I mean, how many scriptures declare your love for me? But God, until I can hear about it, I can see it on the paper, I can even, Lord, for me, Lord, and Leah, we've heard about it all our lives. God loves you. But Lord, until we said, yes, we receive that, God, we receive that you not only love us, that you like us, you enjoy us, you enjoy who we are. God, I pray that over everyone right now in Jesus' name. God, that you, they would, you would just receive that. Receive that word that would implant into your soul and save, Lord, your soul.